International. Like, my definition of, like, having my shit together financially would be choosing a flight based on whatever feels best for me. Mm. (laughs) I want to get up at noon. That'll work. 1 p.m. And I'll, okay, perfect. You know what I mean? Like. That sounds nice. There's no poor people. There's no rich people on red eyes. Oh, yeah. No. Like, if I heard about, like, a Southwest flight crashing in a field and everybody dying and I had a flight on Southwest the next day, if it were still the cheapest flight, I'd be like, well, it probably won't happen twice in two days, right? Like, I mean, I guess that is good odds. <laughs> right? I want to do, you know about those JetBlue like lay down seats? JetBlue Mint? No. Okay. Oh, the one that it's like a bed? But- yeah, you get like a whole little cubby and like the seat will lay all the way down and it's like your own like cubby with like you, you have like all your own stuff and like it's like a little room on the plane a i little, didn't know little, i wanted that until right now <laughs> isn't that so upsetting like, like a little sky hostel yeah and like there's no part of like my current trajectory that says i'm ever going to use one of those <laughs> like but it seems very Do nice they make couples ones where like you can sit together i want that so bad now like you know like i think i was writing about this literally the last two episodes every time i've flown i've sat between two men who like oh i'm gonna get all this homophobia space so they sit on the opposite end and i end up in the middle and then they just like as they sleep their sleep apnea kicks in and they're just like <laughs> like gasping for air and then like flailing their arms oh, no. like i've been hit by strangers so many times on southwest flights and i'm just like the, like 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 guarding myself the whole ride it's horrible your little airpod thing is like my new like I want it real bad. Well, you know, JetBlue Mint uh, <laughs> is 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 the name of it. Um, uh, will they sponsor us if we say it three times? No, mm. um, I think that just means that they Jet ask Blue you Mint? to stop saying it. JetBlue Mint. <laughs> JetBlue Mint. <laughs> that is sort of Beetlejuice rule. <laughs> <laughs> the last time that I was on a flight, like I, it, me and Ashley Overton uh, were sitting together and we were coming back from New Orleans and. Uh, the we were in the next to last row and behind us was a couple that had a newborn baby oh and the whole flight the baby wasn't crying but was being like loud and like it was making like angry gurgles like <laughs> like, like 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 a dog when you're playing like tug of war with it with like a pole string toy sure and then like we did the whole flight and then we landed as soon as we landed and we were starting to get up and get our things the dad picked up the baby and held him and went you were bad this flight and i was like okay you're not in control <laughs> I, I see that hey i think gurgling noises are like a lot better than screaming just like oh just, for sure oh just the, uh, and the way that the parents with screaming babies have completely checked out and just resigned themselves like this is my life my baby is screaming and ruining everyone's good time. and they just are or, i don't know i have more sympathy for the parents who are at least trying the shushing and the singing and the whatevering to make the baby stop but when they just give up and don't give a shit 
I feel like you should have to bring like an extra pill of Xanax for everyone around you. If you're going to take one to deal with your baby screaming, you should bring <laughs> enough for the class. I know I was one of those babies because like, as soon as I was born, I was like tossed around the country a whole bunch during my parents' sloppy divorce. No. Um, yes. And I'm sure that I was one of those babies. So I kind of have like a little bit of, like a little bit of empathy for those parents or sympathy, especially if it's like one person and a baby. Yeah. Because every time I see them, I even like, I don't know why, but I automatically be like, mm, divorce. And they could be just, they could just, could not, oh, he could not be divorced. Babies. Yeah. But I'm just like, as soon as I see like a single parent with a baby, I'm like, mm, I get it. <laughs> oh, we I should, it. we should do the intro. We, we sure should. We're deep into this. Hey, <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Extra Salty. We welcome are back. Welcome back, welcome <laughs> back, welcome back. No, <laughs> it's a May song, which is uh, <laughs> taken from the theme song to Welcome Back, Connor, um, which I argued with Mahoney Slushy. Um, you guys should look him up. Terrible comedian. <laughs> and he Brutal. was convinced we should do that during Spike Club because he felt like the audience would get it. And the fact that no one in this room got it proved it to Mahoney. <laughs> it's been six months, but I need Mahoney to know that no one knows that fucking song. <laughs> I used to have such a crush on Mace. Um, I thought you were going to say, Mahoney and I was gonna be like flipping the table. <laughs> oh no! I actually also Mahoney's cute. Yeah, Mahoney's cute. Oh, like okay. yeah, but like yeah, whatever. Um, no, but yeah, I had a huge crush on Mace when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. With the like the puffy the like puffy the metallic jacket. jacket. Yeah, when he was hanging out with. I guess would have been Puff Daddy at the time was the name he was the moniker he was using at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was. What was the song? It was like in the video. I guess. I don't know what they want from me. It's like the more money we come across, the more problems we see. Yeah, yeah. I was. I. I think it might have been that dance, sort of like leaning back with like a shoulder, like sort of like a lethargic shimmy. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. I was really into Mace because he was thicker. Like he was. He got that round boy face. Yeah. Mace was the better looking one. And he like never like ruined his smile with gold teeth. Oh, I never thought about it. I don't know. I don't know. He had like a just nice white teeth. That's like, I'm just, I don't know. Like, I feel like a typically, like typically black people just have nice teeth. I'm like, why, why are we culturally so inclined to put diamonds on them? Like, they're just nice to look at <laughs> as is. Like, just, just leave them. They look great. <laughs> yeah. I had such a thing for Mace. And I think that like Mace was definitely one of my early, like thick boy crushes. Really? Oh, by yeah. the way, guys, we, we are doing the shittiest intro. Um, we have a wonderful guest in the studio. Studio to introduce yourself. Oh, hi, I'm Michael Folk. Yeah, and he's going to be talking to us today just about everything. Like, I didn't mean to interrupt you though, because I'm very curious. No, no, Take no. Take me down your journey of thick boys. Like, who are your first crushes? Thick boy. Uh, okay, <laughs> well, two C's or a Q. Um, t- two nope. C's and a Q. Thick. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Lizzo says it. Getting thick and thick. Um, speaking of, yeah, Lizzo is another one of my thick folk like crushes. Oh uh, if we say her name three na- three times. Will she appear on the I would show? love it. Are you, have you listened to her podcast yet? No. No, I'm super ready. When did she get a podcast? She has one with Spotify now called Good As Hell. Her first I'm, one, she interviews a little Kim. I feel like I messaged you about it, but 
I might have messaged somebody else about it. I don't know. You, I there's found, a stream of messages from you, and I like li- I look at like about thirty percent of what you send me. That's because I that well see that's that's the par- <laughs> that's the paradox of our relationship. It's, it's called reclaiming her time. <laughs> that's the paradox of our relationship. As I send you messages, and I know you only read thirty percent of them, so then I double down on some of the messages yeah. in hopes that it'll be in the thirty percent. And then next thing you know, we've got a we're we're gonna publish a memoir. And it's when I gonna, need to contact you, I contact you across several. Yeah. Like I'm like let me just tweet at him Inbox him and text him All in the same 30 seconds to ask one question It's a very modern issue (laughs) (laughs) But you don't answer the phone I That's because my phone is always on silent And I don't have the vibrate turned on So I'm like if you are going to call me you have If you call Kai Krebs It literally says I'm sorry you cannot reach Guy Krebs by phone right now. Like it does that. Does every it really? Time. Yes, but I know your phone's That's not weird. turned off. It's the oddest thing. Um, <laughs> it's, um, anyways, I hope you guys listening didn't just decide to listen to the Good as Hell podcast. Yeah, they're like, what? <laughs> "Fuck this!" Lizzo got a podcast. Um, anywho, my early thick boy, thick boy crushes. Crush. Um, um, OG thick boy crush was Beast from the animated X-Men series. Um, for real. 100%. He, he was thick. He was a little haunchy. Yeah. Doc, <laughs> Dr. Hank McCoy. Dr. Hank McCoy. Corn fed mutant. Yeah. He well, he does have nice haunches. Um, <laughs> haunches. Haunches. Um, and then Donatello from the New York Ninja Turtles, of course. Do you feel like he was fatter than the other ones? Um, well, I think all the Ninja Turtles are kind of thick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, if well, you guys haven't listened to Michael's stand up, like you gotta listen to his stand up because now I'm thinking about like your 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 jokes about your sexual exploration by like thinking about the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, like I think uh, there's so many cartoons that like. Um, turned my taste towards thickness like Dragon Ball Z those are some thick ass thighs on those Saiyans like <laughs> um, and like just different things that were like sort of like would were really like making me be very enchanted with like a dense male body <laughs> and I, th- I know that like people talk about it the same way whereas like I had like a very weird juxtaposition between the cartoons that I was attracted to because like I was also simultaneously into Jessica rabbit and like very attracted to her but then also really into donatello and then maybe like maybe i wanted to be jessica rabbit and then like (laughs) like a lot of complicated issues and like who framed roger rabbit's weird because like bob hoskins is thick and there's a scene in who framed uh, roger rabbit where bob hoskins is just wearing a tie and like no shirt and like Jessica Rabbit comes in and is like like giving him fuck eyes and I was so conflicted because I was like who do I want to be who do I want to fuck who do I want to be who do I want to fuck it like it was like very confusing this is one of those like tingly down there moments you're like I don't know what I'm excited by yeah is it things excited yeah it's like I'm either like into this cartoon woman this like adult man this hair suit adult man or I'm into like noir comedies like I don't know which, what thing is turning me on um, but yeah I uh, who was an early crush for you Kai oh god I god yeah it was, <laughs> that immediately made me think of Christina Parrish's bit I fuck god and god fucks me oh, <laughs> oh no, my god I, your initial reaction was oh god <laughs> which is very funny for me have you watched the show Chewing Gum on Netflix 
I no, not yet. It's okay. in my queue though. Mm, it's in my queue. No spoilers, but there's a character that's like sexually attracted to Jesus, and it's like <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Jesus was felt. He was not thick. Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> Jesus was a little strangly, little gangly for yeah, too sinewy. Much, too much walking, not enough wine. Because I don't know. Like I was like <laughs> I was a creepy kid growing up. Like I liked weird stuff. Like the stuff that I was really into would be like Courage the Cowardly Dog, where everything okay. is like just re- either drawn really silly or extra creepy and i'd just be like yeah this is fine you into courage huh you you into courage the dog no (laughs) no i wasn't i wasn't like down i wasn't like dtf like a little pink dog i that's that's a really hard question and like, okay maybe like later in adolescence like teens like when was like was the first famous I, person or, or person we at least would be able to know I, we found attractive i feel like i would be remiss if i didn't mention the fact that i watched a ton of power rangers as a kid okay as a kid yeah, yeah yeah like and that like is just that kind of like even though it doesn't like there's kind of like a force like eroticism about the fact that they're all wearing like skin tight uh like shiny sure. silky suits that just like grip them i don't but, recall like being gone no it's like it's the sp- spandex or the lycra it's like yeah. very like you see all of the curves you, <laughs> yeah you see the person's actual like physical shape because you know the 90s was like the the time for the most part of like oh no i don't have a shape i just have baggy pants and shoulders like <laughs> there there wasn't like so it was one of those things that it was like it wasn't specific mm-hmm. but i was just like yeah i guess that the power rangers like, just all of them yeah and like it kind of like transitioned into like this thing where it's like now like i i don't know like because i've never had like too many like specific crushes like and then whenever i have had them like i'm just like i'm in it like mm-hmm. i'm f- following you on twitter like that's my it. into it uh, that's yeah I don't know <laughs> I th- you got all worked up about the Power Rangers just now I know are you flashing yeah, a I, did you have a favorite n- not really though that was the thing like it, it wasn't anyone specific on the Power Rangers I was just like I can deal with like so like I just like the, like the like physical human shape because it's like I've never really had like one specific type like I've dated like a variety so of- acrobats just like just people who can move. Yeah, I want, I, I, oh, I need. Yeah, I want to get me a Cirque du Soleil kind of bitch. That's what I need. That's what I need. I had a gang of crushes. I remember like like early early crushes. Okay, like my my older sister would watch um, Saved by the Bell a lot, and I was like AC Slater. Okay, for sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure, AC Slater. He had the dimples. Mario Lopez is. He's still very handsome, but you can definitely tell he's succumbed to a lot of the Hollywood pressure because his eyes are getting tight. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I I think men look fine. I think women and women look wonderful. Age gracefully, and it's totally fine if aging's not your your jam and you want to have plastic surgery. But I kind of wish he hadn't. I feel like he would have aged into a nice, handsome man, and now he's looking like a nice wax figure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, who else? Ooh, I was I was a boy bander, so I liked In Sync specifically mm-hmm. J.C. Chazé, who was the most talented, and I don't understand why Justin's the shit. Interesting. So- Which one? Wait, like, help me out here. Like, because I get the Backstreet, and I know this is, like, blasphemy, but I get the Backstreet Boys and J. C. the Sync boys mixed up. Me too. <laughs> really? Just a couple of them, not, like, the main yeah. ones. But, like, is J.C., did J.C. have the dreads? 
No. That is Chris Kirkpatrick. How I'm <laughs> I just reeled with anger. How dare you? Which one from which band made that crappy movie with Kelly Clarkson after she won American Idol? No, that's Justin Garini. Yeah, he's also he's he little was, sweet in the Dr. Pepper commercials. Is this sweet? Was he? And he's like a really? Man. Yes, that's little sweet. Oh no, that's, wait, that's he was Justin Garini. His only thing was that he was on American Idol. Too, yeah, he right? was also okay. on American Idol. See, he was the runner-up. That should tell you how confused I get them. Is I'm like I'm just picking people from American Idol and being like they were in Backstreet Boys right I'm aware <laughs> okay so JC Chazé was he had well actually you know maybe the reason why he's not that famous because anyway, he was a, kind of just the most air quotes vanilla like he never publicly dated anyone there was never any drama about him and he <gasps> just went, is he gay no maybe Maybe he's gay and now he can't come out because Lance is the gay one and that's his thing. Oh, no. So JC just has to be the other gay one and no one's going <laughs> to care. The other gay one. Oh, nobody wants to be the other gay one. What a, what a scathing review. There's Justin who's the cute one and you got uh, you got Lance who was also the cute one but now the gay one. Uh, you got Lance Chris, was the doofy one. The doofy one. Yeah. Uh, Chris Kirkpatrick had the dreadlocks which just made no sense. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I love this. Joey Fatone and there's an episode of this show called Greek on ABC Family and they're like yeah and I'm just gonna end up with Joey Fat one and they're like it's pronounced Fatone <laughs> yeah Joey was the thicker one the thicker we're gonna use but that he, but he had he had that weird like his soul patch was so pronounced and uncomfortable and it was dyed pink for like a good yeah. quarter of their career yeah he had a really aggressive violent soul patch <laughs> Um, Violent Soul Patch is the best name ever for like a, a, a beer that's real hoppy. I feel like it's, I feel like that's probably already taken by Guy Fieri. Yeah, he also has a Violent he Soul Patch. He dyes his Soul Patch just the patch, <laughs> but none of the rest of the goatee. Mm-hmm. When we were in uh, San Antonio, this one just, I don't know what it is about. You can be tired of shit, and the second you get in a bed, you're like, let's talk about everything and watch everything on TV. So we were like, we were looking for it's, something to watch. because I'm just, not expending my energy moving around and doing stuff so I can focus it all in on being a bitch. Oh, so you got, you got like, uh, you got like sleepover, like you got sort of like sleepover mode. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I was like, no, it's sleep mode. <laughs> so we're just watching episode after episode of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Um, and we noticed that his soul patch is dyed to match his hair, but the rest of it isn't like the beard is brown, but just that's an aggressive soul patch, mm-hmm. right? It's, yeah, it's violent. This is what um, Oh, well, he looks cute with glasses. He didn't always have glasses. He was one of mine. He actually has like a little bit of a weird sort of like Hank Azaria look with glasses, which is very strange. Oh God. Hank Azaria is the voice of Apu. Yeah, which I, I just know. recently realized is super problematic. So like, now nah, I have an issue with Hank Azaria. Yeah, I mean, he's done like a lot of really problematic characters that like you know a lot of us weren't necessarily like aware of how problematic they were until yeah now whenever it's talked about. Um, Ooh. yeah, there was wait there was something else about the oh my favorite theory about Guy Fieri theory Fieri um my theory fa- guy fa- fa- here my 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 guy theory um <laughs> theory. there we go yeah is um <laughs> is that he's actually like a Rhodes scholar and he's british and like he like went to like several different like academies and like universities and he has like a whole bunch of doctorates and like this is just like a character he's doing 
I just want to put that out into the I world. I hate that so much. Wouldn't that be amazing? You know how mad I get when a comic tells a story that's not true on stage. <laughs> like, what do you mean you didn't just go through a breakup? Everything must be constant. Yeah, like I just want him to be. I just want him to be sort of like a Anthony Hopkins kind of like, like, like really just like a, an actor, like an actor. Like he's just really committing to this, and he just wanted to do an experiment about Americans and their food habits. Well, yeah, he just like sort of found a thing that worked, and he's like, it was the greatest acting opportunity I had available at the time and all right smash or pass guy fieri since he's thick <laughs> uh, uh hard pass really yeah hard pass um but he'll eat like fried eggs off his stomach like you can have all kinds of ex- remember that scene in top cut <laughs> <laughs> like, i've been wanting that my whole life no i think that he uh, he's like okay if we're gonna go with like sort of like i'm gonna skew off for a second um he's sort of like chaotic chaotic neutral on like a, like on a D&D scale what he's is that? 2k so there's like like <laughs> give me some linear notes i have no idea what any of this means okay so there's like in in like D&D character lore dungeons and dragons yeah okay so there's like different ways your character can skew and there's like ways that your personality can skew as well right and so like i am sort of like a lawful good that is like and it's like it's good neutral evil and then there's like uh lawful neutral or chaotic mm-hmm. right and he's sort of like chaotic and like out of control and like too loud and weird and i'm a little bit too That's more so like funny. too lawful and like chill and like th- like calm i appreciate that you have like genuine reasons to reject guy fieri though like you're like they're based on like his heart and his character and not his <laughs> fucking diet so bad <laughs> like he just seems like the kind of guy that would like double dip but one of the extra dips would be with his finger oh like he yeah. like goes chip chip finger oh. but the thing that he's dipping in is your butt you know what i mean <laughs> and no i don't mean that he's like holding a chip he just goes too far i mean he dips with the chip dips with the chip scoops a little bit more because there wasn't enough in the second dip plops it on are we still talking about butt <laughs> you know you know it could, funny? Be, it could be that too he he I, seems like he seems like a freak bitch i was looking at our old podcast today like a couple of our old ones and I was like, why do we have an E for explicit rating? Like, are we really explicit? And like double dipping in a butt is like, we earned it. <laughs> I guess double dipping in a butt's fine. Or like, I guess the opposite is true. Like if someone's like dipping in your butt and then they switch and then all of a sudden it's a chip and you're like, no, I don't want to chip in my <laughs> Get out of here. Or, or like the way a gay rapper would intro a song, double dipping in a butt. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, actually. I think that's your next career move. <laughs> I, I don't I have one so. last crush before we move on to other okay. things. Oh, I'm so excited. Because I was very judged for this, but I liked Carlton. Oh yeah, I liked Carlton more than Will. Yeah. I liked, and you know what? Maybe that maybe I do have an affinity for short men because I've always like my my uh, fiance is not particularly cool. tall. He's five eight, so like my mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like I, that would make sense. Yeah, and he's just smiley and makes people laugh. Like I don't know. I thought like Will tried too hard. Well, like Will was Will was a player. Yeah. Like you know, like Will Will. Will is like a, like there's something about Will that's sort of like a man you got to keep up with in a weird way where you're always like but I I think like I like a th- and Carlton was a little thick I yeah like a thick he sweet was boy. a little thick sweet boy oh yeah. I liked him 
I like his ugly sweaters. I like his dance. His dance was fly. Like, I, like, I like his little like swishy <laughs> dance. I like, see. Like I think he was adorable. That was like one of my big big crushes. He's the kind of he he seemed like the kind of character that like if you asked him for a cookie, he'd put it on a plate and put it in the microwave and then bring it to you without you asking because he knows that's how you like it. Mm-hmm. I think I no? just did that like two days ago at my house. <laughs> Yeah, you did. The Double Tree cookie that you had at my house. Yeah, you're right. Have you ever, you've ever been in the Double Tree Hotel? No. They have these like world famous cookies that are like, they're like a, a hybrid between toffee, a chocolate chip, and an oatmeal cookie. It's okay. It's, they're bonkers good. And you're like, it, nothing that comes out of a hotel labeled box should be tasty or fine. They make a is. cheesecake that's got that as the crust. And I'm literally <gasps> considering it as, see, now I have to pick that as my wedding venue. You gasped audibly at the idea of a cheesecake with a cookie crust. That sounds really nice. I know. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. We are all over the place. Yeah. I, I, I know yeah. that there's probably one person out there that's just like I don't care who you want to fuck. <laughs> and we're Today's like, extra salty story is all about who we resent not fucking. Yeah, today <laughs> today extra salty means come. Oh, literally, that's like it's the, it's, it's the fedora episode, and we bring you in on. And it's like you know who should have fucked me. <laughs> um, I can't imagine. Oh no, I mean, I'm sure there's people that I wish. Oh, I don't know. No, I don't like. I I try not to look back that much about the, the people that woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah, because everything. I really think things happen for a reason. Maybe not yeah. in the, like the Christian sense of it, but, <laughs> but like your life comes together to be the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, and I've had like i've had the opportunity to have like some pretty dope sex so uh (laughs) i'm not i'm not crying about it (laughs) yeah what are we salty about this week uh oh i don't know i feel like like the past couple times that we've done stuff whenever we've been talking specifics especially about like being younger in childhood i haven't been able to remember any of it and i'm having like trouble like trying to figure out like does that just mean that i uh, repressed a lot of memories or am i just really boring Mm -hmm. Are you salty that you're? Boring? I'm salty at myself. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know. I like I haven't. I, I, I like. It's like that weird thing of like I'm not sure if I can like draw meaningful connections from my past sometimes, and that's upsetting. Are you in therapy? No. Uh, I think you would have so much fun. <laughs> I, I, I. <laughs> I think there was just there was just like no I mean that I mean that I mean that wholeheartedly because like there was that moment of you saying that and I identify with that I identify with like that sort of like erasing parts of your childhood and not knowing if you're doing it because you need to or like if like you don't like not knowing how to like process it or like what like you're not like erasing or like feeling like you're like am i boring or have i blocked out stuff and i feel like therapy really just tills all that earth (laughs) and you really start to kind of be like oh this makes way more sense and like all of the things because you just get to like kind of speak it into a void and not like a therapist is a void but that's how they're acting Mm -hmm. they're 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 there to kind of like echo a couple things back but mostly they're just listening to you sort of ramble and you don't even think you're saying anything of consequence until all of a sudden you do and you're like oh I'm just saying, putting it out there. It might be a blast. It might be. I just the way you re- you way you recommended therapy, like it was your favorite brunch spot. <laughs> like, have Have you been to therapy? <laughs> oh my god, they have the best mimosas. <laughs> oh my god, we should open a brunch restaurant and call it therapy. Oh, Turn there'd th- be so many like unstable people who are like, "This is my therapy." <laughs> yeah, turns out everything that you've got is bottomless. It keeps coming. It just keeps coming. 
Megan. <laughs> oh, we call her mimosas the bottomless pit. Fuck this podcast. Like, I'm about to drop a plan and get a loan tonight. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. It's been fun doing the podcast. Please come see us at our new brunch location on East 11th. <laughs> That's valid. So <laughs> Also, Extra Salty would be a good name for a restaurant. We thought about it, but it. <laughs> we thought about, I thought about it and not conveyed it to you. <laughs> the thing that we were talking about that we were going to do, we thought it would be fun to have, like bath products like scrubs i think we might like just tiny lip scrubs wait you know what i know how to make lip scrubs we could do that as like a gift at our first show why are (laughs) anyway we gotta keep going (laughs) so you're salty about that's valid actually i didn't think about like the idea of just not feeling like you connect with your childhood or yeah, know much like the, the the strange part about it is that like i feel like because i can't find these things so often that like not only does it, like it makes me f- like hey it makes me feel like i don't always like contribute very well to the conversation here which blows oh, i'm and, sorry your parents didn't fuck you up more oh <laughs> no maybe they fucked me up too much who knows i don't know it's all there's a wall and i don't know where the key is because i've got this whole key ring of stuff anyway but like then because of that like whenever we have these like those conversations like not just you and me but like me and anyone like passing or whatever like when we're having those conversations and people are saying those things and then you like are trying to do like your side of things of like relating to it and then like they're like sharing your own story blah 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 like then you feel like you can't do it and then i'm like it like it makes me feel like it like puts up like a wall between like creating meaningful relationships with other people Mm -hmm. like i i have plenty of friends but like i'm not like like i could not tell anyone in this room when their birthday is <laughs> the the look on jasmine's face i know it's i i should have picked a different example do you remember when that show in dallas i was trying to book you on was the beginning of march it's yeah, the beginning of march yeah, i know that much fucking birthday, the I, birthday know, show. I know that much but i can't tell you the exact date march but, 4th <laughs> but it's okay i don't i chose someone else i don't <laughs> I mean, that, that's a really bad example, honestly, because that's not like a meaningful thing. But like when we're having those conversations of like, oh, the worst Valentine's Day or whatever from the couple episodes ago, by the time this comes out, <laughs> uh, like, I'm like, I can't remember because like, I've like, that's why I was telling you about you might want to seek therapy. That's what I was telling you about the last one is I was just like, I can't remember what happened on last Valentine's Day at all. And My salty somebody who was gone. That's interesting. Intimacy. It's Intimacy is a, is a difficulty. That's interesting. So my salty is anyway, like, real quick because I want to get <laughs> I want to get to Michael's. Um, I just the reason I'm salty today is just like, I just wish that the South would rise again why jasmine no let me finish my own sentences i wish that like there weren't so many racist locations that were aesthetically pleasing like i am in the search for a vintagey themed house to have my wedding in and i've looked at places that like you're like oh this is beautiful oh this was built when you say and then Mm -hmm. you just start looking around and you're like oh that's why there's no black people on the wall or oh why are there so many like i went to a place today that had like a whole wall of these creepy ass porcelain dolls and i was telling rachel hall about it and she was like fuck a possession that get a discount like i'm like i can't so it's just and like when i first started my search i was looking at plan like i was looking in in new orleans 
lots of plantations and yeah. just like if you want yeah. to go old timey if you want to go old timey in the south there are some icky implications and even if i wasn't marrying a white guy i'd be grossed out at it but like there's something real gross and symbolic yeah. about getting married at a plantation Very to a white so. man like you know what i mean yeah. there's already so many elements of wedding traditions that are like women being sold like it just it's not gelling with me so i'm having a hard time like as a feminist and like a quasi woke person just having like how do you have a woke feminist wedding on a budget I? <laughs> um, do i need to write that book <laughs> i mean i think w- one for sure like <laughs> writing through your feelings about that in essay form and then send it to some publication like someone will take that pitch mm-hmm. like send it to like some online magazine and they want to hear your thoughts on it as like coming from like a woman of color that's trying to like get married and you're just like i want to get married somewhere that you know doesn't have attachments to slavery <laughs> like is that is that so hard like <laughs> talk about it like that's hard that's weird you're so right i'm sure somebody jezebel huffpo let me just some like, can i keep, i just need a ghostwriter though because i'm lazy but <laughs> i'm so once i get in front of an actual keyboard i'm like you, you ever heard of maggie may hilarious comedian by the way guys you ever heard her joke about wanting to write a negative yelp review and then how much work it takes <laughs> and how like how like dedicated you have to be to that thought for sure <laughs> and then you're just like I'm just I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, whenever people whenever people write like novels on Yelp, I'm just like the amount of energy you put into this, you could solve so many problems. Like how did you like it's just it's a Chick-fil-A. Chill out. Like <laughs> like what do you yeah i get it they were out of the polynesian sauce which is also problematic like chill out (laughs) oh you're so right oh yeah is it really yeah you know what it's such a dumbass thing i said the other day (laughs) we got girl scout cookies and um alex was like oh i like the caramel delights and it's like actually they pronounce pacific islanders because they're samoans is how people call it oh yeah the the samoas yeah i see it was a really bad joke (laughs) and i'm embarrassed i repeated i was i was i was so i was like wait what happened we laughed for like 10 minutes i forgot that they changed the name of those (laughs) yeah now they're called caramel delights because samoa sounded so much like samoans yeah people were getting it wrong it's a very complicated girl scout cookie it is um you're gonna find a place yeah yeah we got a little time we'll find something um I can't even imagine like all of the work that goes into a wedding. Uh, That's a whole other podcast. I know. (laughs) But at the end of the day, like I cannot complain. Actually, I read this great book, Jamie Lee, shout out to another funny comedian wrote this and it's called, um, ridiculous. And there's a great part where she's like, no one's holding you at gunpoint and making you have a wedding. No, no, no. Yeah. You, you're, you, this is yours. So I can't complain. I I can complain. But at the end of the day, this is something for me and I shouldn't be upset. So, yeah. Yeah. I say that same thing to myself all the time. Anytime I'm doing like shows or I'm tired or I'm like out here hustling and I'm like, I have to remind myself, like literally no one's making you do this. These are all your choices. That you- Speaking of big choices, the choice to move to New York and like pursue your dreams further. How's that been going? Um, good. It's too crowded. It's expensive. I'm very inspired. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, that is like the, the, the bullet points, the bullet points. <laughs> um, it's interesting being there. Um, the, for the main thing that I've noticed that I think that a lot of people might not think about is that Austin and Austin comedy is so 
um, so women driven and so progressive and so thoughtful compared to New York. Oh yeah. And LA and LA. And like, you think you're like going to get to New York and it's all going to be like, like super, super thoughtful and like super like full of like really interesting, like comedic breakdowns of like what's going on in the country. No, it's mostly garbage. It's mostly garbage. There's just so many more dudes. There's so many more people. The mics are just full of like dumb, dumb dudes. (laughs) And like New York, you know, in a weird way is sort of like the center of so much that's going on culturally, but it's also just full of people. And I think that we take for granted or don't think about like how thoughtful often Austin comedy and stuff can be because it really is kind of like a charmed place that has like a pretty big comedy scene. But anytime someone steps out of line or like really fucks up, they're normally taken to task Mm. and it's like a small enough that that can happen. And that was like the biggest like surprise when I got there was I was like going to so many shows and I'm like, this person gets booked and they say that kind of transphobic shit. And people are like, yeah, he, he gets booked a lot. And I'm like, okay, okay. I didn't realize it was like that. I didn't realize whatever you could just say, you could just say a whole bunch of violently hateful shit in New York. Cool. Good to know. And like, so that was like surprising, Mm. but, um, I'm getting used to it and like, I'm figuring out how to like, I'm figuring out good people and like good community, but it's, it's definitely overwhelming. Oof. Yeah. That, that, I mean, I feel like that's like, cause Austin really is definitely like its own little quiet bubble and like that level of thoughtfulness and mindfulness that people have, like, especially if it's somewhere where you like start or really like start to grow, like it's something that bleeds into you and like just having to be thoughtful about that sort of stuff in general makes you more thoughtful about what you're doing period. Because like people make you reassess what you're doing, which is just something like you should do when you're writing anyway. And like, I feel like it, it, it creates a, a very growth driven atmosphere that makes people grow in more ways than just like making sure that they're being mindful of, where they're punching and if it's up or down and then because of that like i feel like a lot of people tend to become better writers too Mm -hmm. i think so like i don't know austin is definitely like a like a like sort of like a white washed liberal zone yeah but i think that there's a lot of people in the comedy scene at least that want to be doing the right thing and want to be thoughtful about the kind of comedy that they're doing and by no means it's definitely not a diverse city overall but like Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people in this comedy scene are working really hard to make like good, thoughtful comedy. And I think that that's really nice to come back to and visit and like see that and see from like the people that are doing podcasts here, or the people that are making comedy or like kind of branching out from here. I think that this is a good place to sort of like do your undergrad and comedy and then, like, <laughs> and then go out to another city and then feel <laughs> shitty. And like, <laughs> I've had New York, like when I, I only went for like a week, but I had the same feeling when I had it in LA where it's like, Oh wait, you kind of get it in your mind that LA, New York or grad school or, or your doctorate, like where you finished. I don't know. I, I stopped at uh, a bachelor's. I, I didn't go. I didn't go. Okay. So I don't know. Whatever your like your top college is, you know, whatever mm-hmm. your Rolex of college is. Um, but like you get it in your mind that it's that. And then you get there and you realize people can just be from here. People yeah. can just, you can move here at any point in your career and it doesn't necessarily make you any further along or any better or any smarter just because you live in these top tier cities. But yeah. 
Because I don't know. I just, I saw some garbage comedy in New York. Well, and I think that it's like the thing I was realizing is that like people don't have that much of an eye towards booking diversity that much, um, which is very interesting because like that not because of Austin, I think because of a couple different things that was really ingrained in my head was that like when you're booking something you should, and it took me a while to get there, but it was like, you should be thinking like, who do I have on this show? How many women are there? How many men are there? How many people of color are there? Um, does everyone have the same body type? Blah, blah, blah. And it was like, that was like something I learned to be thoughtful about because of the way that I was like fortunate enough to be educated by different people. And I think that, and this isn't like, this sounds braggadocious and it's not supposed to be. Um, but I think that like encountering different shows where I would realize I would end up on like an all white lineup and I'm like in New York, how? Yeah. Like so this much is diversity. so, this is so shocking. Like how did this happen? Or like how, how would that be a whoops-a-doodle? Like, because some people think, in my opinion, at least I've noticed, like across media, they think that the answer to diversity is resegregation, like in a little bit. Maybe I'm re- using the phrase wrong, but like there are a lot of scenes that are very diverse, but they split themselves in half and call it a day. And so you have your black scene, your Latin scene, your white scene. And it's like literally like if you're a black comic, you do black rooms with other black comics and the white comics don't even know you exist and they don't even know you're in the same scene. I've been to a lot of scenes that are like that, Mm -hmm. that just have Mm -hmm. this like really Atlanta isn't quite. I would say actually I'd say Houston is very much that vibe. There's maybe there's maybe one or two black comics who do the white scene in Houston. And then there's a thriving black scene. Um, Dallas is kind of the same way where it's like one or maybe there's four four black female comics in in in, in Dallas and is then that's where you came up originally where I came yeah. up. and it's a lot of scenes are like that and it's like it, it's as given its take because it's like if you ever read the book why are the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of this thing where it's like you build up community but also there's this thing to like lump people in together like I had a club manager tell me they would never book me because I got in a fight with an audience member and I was like that's not me and he was literally talking about another black female comic. Uh-huh. I like had no idea we weren't the same person and like hadn't spoken to me in a year because I got in a fight with an audience member. Mm-hmm. Like that's how little care that can happen. But it was like on that that club's black show that they do once a week with the black crowd where the managers take the night off because they're not looking for talent. So it's like Ugh, you yeah. got to be Ugh. inclusive from all sides because it just makes it go better and does better for other people. And it's I don't know. I get really frustrated all across the board with it. <sighs> just yeah. That's been that's been on my mind, a sort of like in that transition or trying to be thoughtful about that mm-hmm. um, or like, you know, but. Uh, yes like new york's fine (laughs) it's all it's 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 fine i'm trying to like look at the lay of the land the lay of the land is so huge and expansive and i'm trying to like understand it have you had one of those giant milkshakes yet a giant milkshake there's a place called black tap i want to go so bad i saw it on buzzfeed (laughs) and they put like a whole cake in your milkshake and it's only in new york and i didn't get to go last i will check it out i have not (laughs) if i go visit will you come with me to black Tap? okay Um, I know I haven't, um, but that actually, that's not what I'm salty about. Um, <laughs> the thing I'm, I'm salty about, I, and I know we're like at the end, <laughs> um, but I, what I wanted to say is the thing that I'm salty about is, and I talked to Kai very briefly about this before I 
did not like Call Me By Your Name. What is that? It is a gay movie that is up for like a lot of Oscars. Oh. Um, and it's quite popular. Kai has not seen it. I you have not, not seen it. Is it better than Shape of Water? I don't think so. Oh. And it's definitely not better than Moonlight, which, you know, was the gay movie that won. Have you still not seen Moonlight? I have seen, like, maybe a hundred oh. movies in my life. Oh, I watch, we've I've, talked about this before. I watch TV series mostly. Like, yeah. I, and Literally, I, I had yeah. to pause Moonlight because I was sobbing, and I just go... It's just so hard to be black and gay. <laughs> and I like, like I needed to go outside. I was just like, he's just never had any real love in his life. And like I like I like it took me I had to go eat and like emotionally reamp myself to finish the movie. <laughs> I I okay, so Call Me By Your Name mm-hmm. is a movie that came out um this past year. It's up for a lot of Oscars. Um it was based on a book that was written by a straight man. Um, the movie was directed by a gay man, but it's starring two straight actors. Um, one is a young man who's supposed to be like 17. He's living in Italy with his family. His his father is like translating like uh, literature and he ends up having sort of like a kind of sexual relationship with his father's grad student who's 24. Mm-hmm. Um, so 17, 24, risque. Um, which is like a, a circumstance that I'm very familiar with of like having a relationship with an older man while you're in high school. And I have very complicated feelings around it. And I remember watching this movie that everyone's just sort of like, oh, this love story. Oh, my God, this complicated love story. And people, straight people are fucking losing their minds over it. And I was so upset by it because I can't process the, the class difference because, like, I remember my experience and I remember watching Moonlight and not being you know, at all a person that was in that movie. I was not black. I did not grow up in Florida. That was not my background. But like I saw, I could feel it all. I saw it all. I was like very empathetic Mm -hmm. and attached to that movie. And then I saw Call Me By Your Name. And it's just sort of like this like rich white kid lazily hooking up with another man while they're living in Italy. (laughs) And like they're just... Is it like a gay E-Prate love? Like I'm annoyed. I'm very annoyed. It's just sort of so like they're like talking about sculptures and laying around by the pool and like sort of like casually like breezily like hooking up and it's all completely devoid of conflict Mm -hmm. and then but we're supposed to feel like it's this really conflicted moment because of the sexuality and I felt like it was so shallow and like now I have so many people come up to me and they're just like, Oh my God, did you love call me by your name? And I'm salty. Cause I'm like, no, just because I like Dick doesn't mean I like this movie. Like I, I didn't, I didn't identify with it. I grew up poor. I don't like, I don't see myself in this movie. And it's like, it's, it's this weird implicit. Like I'm supposed to love this movie. Anytime a movie starring an underrepresented class comes out, the same thing, like Paul Verghese has this thing about like, why have I been naming all these comedians? Anyways, he has this thing about slumdog millionaire. And he's like, why, why are you bringing this up? I just met you. But it's just like, I don't know. This is the one movie I've heard of that has your people in it. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I, I've looked through a good portion of most of the streaming services. Like, 
uh, LGBT movie section before, and I have watched like a handful of those movies, mm-hmm. and I've had kind of like the same reaction to a lot of those because like there's a lot of like oh, well, we're going to try to write a romantic comedy, which, you know what, cool, fine, if that's what you want to do, if that's what you want to write, sure, whatever. But it's like the premise of like so many of them are just like, it's Christmas time, and Jack deleted Grinder two months ago, and he just wants to fuck, but he's got no one to fuck. <laughs> oh, no, he's got a best friend. Oh, there's another guy in the movie. Guess what? They're going to fuck. The end. Here are the credits. And I, don't, I, I get frustrated with like I feel like there's a very... serious issue with uh the production of a lot of art that's targeted towards like lgbt demographics Mm -hmm. at least that i've well i mean actually i shouldn't say that that i shouldn't say that because i've just that's just what i've seen so that's not a I shouldn't generalize. Is, is, is it that the conflict is focused around them being gay and not more than that? Like that's the, that's the central conflict. Is that what bothers both of you think? I, there's like, there's a couple gay movies that I do like, and I have liked despite their quality. You know what I mean? Like there's like one called the broken hearts club, which I really like. And it came out in the early two thousands and it also still stars like a lot of straight men. Uh, but I was fine with it. And I think that there's something about it that I was okay with. Um, uh, and I really liked Moonlight, which was like mostly starring straight mm-hmm. men, but was written like the play was written by a gay man about his experience being gay in Miami in like the early nineties. Um, I think it often just feels like they're made for straight people, mm. um, or like the ones that are made for gay people or with gay people in mind are made in a way that is very so so vanilla that it's not even vanilla it's like plain like Mm. if there's like yogurt and you're like vanilla and plain (laughs) like this one just tastes like bacteria yeah (laughs) like it just it's not even anything it's like there's no yeah like there's very few that have felt like earnest and you you hit on something that I'm really curious about the representation of uh, straight actors playing gay roles is it is it a thing where you feel like there are not enough gay actors getting these roles. Why are they being taken from gay actors? Is it a thing where you feel like they can't play them with the authenticity? Um, is it is there maybe an issue with representation, kind of in the sense of like when a um, a cisgendered male plays a trans woman on screen? Like, what are your feelings about who can play what role? I think that I mean it's acting, right? And so that like outside of you, anyone can play certain things but we are at a point where gay people and trans people well actually i can't even speak that like these people aren't given the roles hardly ever and there's like this massive history of like straight people playing these roles and like putting on these costumes of identities Mm -hmm. and we're not at a point where it's i where i feel like it is beneficial for anyone to play it like because like maybe there's a point you know fucking 500 years in the future where like gay actors and trans trans actors are constantly cast in all kinds of roles where it's like it would it would be a non-issue but we're at a point where straight people are playing most of the things and you know trans characters are often played by drag queens or um uh, uh straight actors like doing sort of like brief drag for the movie mm-hmm. cis men oh, yeah cis men um and 
we haven't had the opportunity for people to experience those roles more. And I know that the argument is often like, yeah, but like, would you not want gay people to play straight characters? And it's like, well, that shift is weird because the percentage is off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's an opportunity they won't have. Yeah. There's like, there's way more straight characters to play. And um, it just feels yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like you're comparing apples to apples but you're like on this side there are two apples and on the other side there are like millions and millions of apples well and it's just like it's like yeah it's 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 a very different it's like it's a very different argument but like because like the the differences in representation are so severe right mm-hmm. because there's this one argument about LGBT characters and like who plays them and then there's also the argument that is like separate and sort of tangential, but about representation in general and like how, um, if it's not a black movie, the black characters are often relegated to being very specific roles. Mm -hmm. And that's why, why black Panther is such a huge deal where it is a primarily black cast and it's like multifaceted and none of the black characters are being like reduced in any way. They're all full. Um, and like, any any sort of thing about representation i think is important and like the the conversation should be had um because like i don't know i i think that we we have the opportunity to involve all of these amazing actors and all of these amazing people from different backgrounds and things and i think that we sleep on it so much and mm. i say we but i mean like the royal we like in the culture yeah. the culture i wonder if like there can be something to be said about people playing roles that are outside their their sexuality sexual i'm sorry if i use the wrong words i'm, I'm sorry um but i wonder if it can be saying something something said for that because it maybe it reinforces the idea that sexuality isn't this obvious thing like this is going to be dumb but tell a story so my dad is is someone who is learning to unlearn a lot of his preconceived notions about homosexuality and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we're talking about like, uh, what was that show? Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is on it. And it's like a terrible, I met your mother. Hi, I met your mother. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, the real actor who plays that is gay. And he's like, he's been married for years to, and he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, huh? I wouldn't have thought that. And he's like, he's the kind of person who seeing a gay actor play straight or vice versa. Like it enforces the idea that like max masculinity isn't something that's so stoic. Because you can be, you can act this way and not be gay, or you can act this way and be gay, and it's, I don't know, like I feel like for some people, you're right, it is for straight people, mm-hmm. and that's not a, necessarily a good thing. Like it's just like we shouldn't have to slow down what's right so that people who are behind can catch up. But sometimes I feel like, I feel like for a lot of straight people, understanding that yes, this actor can kiss a man on screen and he's not necessarily gay, and this actor can play straight on screen and be gay like understanding that it's not as obvious as that is something that can kind of be I, important for them I, th- I think it's because like not a lot of people realize that like the idea of gender is like a performative thing so then whenever you're seeing it in a space where it is performative mm-hmm. like you realize that like that the way people carry themselves or whatever for lack of a better phrase doesn't necessarily indicate anything about who they are it might but it might also not yeah and And so it's like one of those things that like it makes it very it 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 puts it right there and it becomes like a thing that you're like oh that's not something that i'm used to dealing with and then you have to like at least grapple with it for a moment like maybe you dismiss it and move on but 
it puts it there for a moment by accident. Yeah, I guess that's what I that's what I was trying to get at is like people like my father who are just like so behind in their thinking. It's like a little bit just to be like, okay, you see that this person can be different than what you perceive. Like not all gay men act exactly the same all the time, yeah. which is embarrassing. Well, I mean, I remember that like that revelation that so many people had with Brokeback Mountain, mm-hmm. which was another, you know, film with two straight men, um, uh, performing sort of this like conflicted gay relationship and people i remember when it came out in like i don't know 2005 dang it's been a minute it's been a bit i think r.i.p Heath ledger man yeah it was, it was a while back but i remember people just being like you know it's like you know showing that people you know can present so you know stoic or your word like using the word stoic or like so masculine and it's like yeah but masculinity and femininity are these entirely like you said kai performed notions concepts Mm -hmm. um and so like you know it feels so i don't know i i'm i I, i'm not like a hyper educated person but you know i like to read some books and i've had some experiences and all, all that stuff and it it feels weird to like watch these things and think that these are still new concepts or to like watch something like call me by your name and see it see it and be like oh i guess this is still new for some people or i guess we still have to have this awkward conversation and it needs to be written by a straight man i guess and it has to be like i don't know i i find it a little I find it all a little exhausting. <laughs> like I, that's valid. You're just yeah. tired. You're ready to see some new representation, something different, and you feel like it's just been done. Yeah, oh, and it's just like, and it's been done, and it's not that interesting. And I, I think that it's going to win a lot of awards, and I'm very conflicted because I'm like, I guess cool, <laughs> but. I thought that, like, it really is, like, because, like, you know, Moonlight won Best Picture last year, mm-hmm. and I really felt like Moonlight w- did flip the script. You know what I mean? Like, we had not seen a movie with a primarily black cast that was telling a gay story that was getting the kind of accolades that, that was getting. And if Call Me By Your Name is that movie this year, I don't feel like that we're taking a step backwards, but I feel like we're just sort of like, is it formulaic now? Just like, what are we just going to be like, here's a conflicted gay love story. Like, and like, and like, that's sort of going to be like us going through the motions because I thought that Moonlight really was doing something shocking. And I think that call me by your name is a little made for TV. Mm. Is it, you actually just hit on something too. I was just thinking about like formulaic kind of how it became a thing with like, pretty actress looks ugly in a movie gets an award like yeah. with like Charlize Theron you know you just don't want it to become this this thing like oh you want to make a movie that'll make people that'll win make it about gay stuff but like the whole the whole storyline is they're gay and it's sad is yeah. that what it is yeah I don't know it just doesn't yeah it doesn't feel helpful but I don't know mm. is, is there a thing like and I know we need to wrap up is there a thing because I've noticed like with black movies where the only time black movies are acknowledged is they are sad they are historic fucked up shit happens and everything's bad and is, does it ever feel like it's like like for me the movie Girls Trip I don't care if you think it's trash it, it if great. anybody th- I loved it if anybody yeah. thinks trash fuck y'all we I it was such a freeing thing to see black women have fun on screen mm-hmm. and uh, they just don't get to we get to be the funny sidekick to assist a white woman on her journey but not to be on our own journey and mm-hmm. that was a free what is something 
Um, and I guess, I mean, not to like deter, defer to both of you to speak for the entire black, like gay community, but just out of curiosity, what's something you're aching to see on screen? What's something or piece of representation that you feel like is needed? Um, I mean, I think that watching a gay person who is not um, svelte mm. uh, exist in a modern world um, where the issues that they are having are not directly tied uh, towards being gay, I guess, or like sort of like uh, gay as being an aspect of what's going on. Like, I feel like looking was a big failure in my head because like it was sort of like, it was just very, I'm always, I always just think that a lot of gay representation is very, very vanilla and very just sort of like mm-hmm. boring. And, I don't think that my necessarily like my story or anything is remarkable, but I think that there's more interesting stories out there to tell where being gay is just an aspect of it. Um, And I think that there's like, if you want to do a historic gay story, like it's like great that milk came out forever ago or whatever. But I mean, you know, there's like Martha, Martha P Johnson and Sylvia Rivera and like a lot of like trans POC uh, queer people that whose stories have not been turned into a multi-million dollar biopic and people will see them and like cast cast someone who fits the role who you know is that identity and like make those movies and don't give it to you know I don't know fucking Zendaya or something <laughs> like I'm just I'm gonna be so mad whenever like Zendaya plays like a young trans activist and I'm gonna be like really frustrated <laughs> and I'm sure she's gonna you know nail it but I'll be mad <laughs> she okay her hip hop dancing in the greatest show was really annoying like I was like why are you pop locking on a trapeze <laughs> <laughs> fuck you Zendaya we gotta wrap That's this dangerous <laughs> we gotta wrap this thing. I enjoyed so much listening to you and of course people can listen to you on your podcast but if people liked you today how can they follow you and learn more about you um uh my website michaelfolk.com i have an article out with slate magazine about officiating my ex-boyfriend's wedding uh and then michael folk on twitter and instagram and all that stuff yeah all right and uh anything you want to say kai because i've been talking a lot oh uh, well i mean we were talking about movies and i don't ever watch any movies so (laughs) i I didn't I couldn't add anything Are you really be salty. You don't watch movies next episode. Oh, pr- probably a little bit. Uh, hey, thanks for listening to the podcast guys. If you like the podcast, uh, please like, and subscribe on uh, iTunes or stitch or wherever you're listening. It's really easy to like us on or give us ratings on iTunes. Now you don't even have to write a review anymore. You can just tap the stars and you can follow us on social media, extra salty pod on Twitter and Facebook and extra salty podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you so much. Have a great one and keep it salty. Bye. 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 Bye.